Hey everybody, welcome back to season two. Woo! We are here, finally. I know it's taken a while, but we are with season two of Grabbing Life by the Horns. I'm Mr. Marine. And I'm Mr. Avila. And we are kicking off this season, this new year. I know it's October. Thank you to the HGs for being faithful and, and waiting. We've had a lot of stuff just come up in these first couple months <laughs> every I'm time. Go, I'm going to go ahead and take some heat for this. Uh, uh, Aaron's done a good job of trying to organize uh, dates and things for us to meet, and uh, I've been one of the main proponents of having to cancel just because of my schedule that I got going on here. <laughs> so um, we, we would have done this a lot sooner, but uh, I, I'm a main culprit in not having our season two start earlier. So I apologize, HGs. But. Hey, it is what it is. We're here now. That's all that matters. <laughs> and across from us, we have our first guest for season two. He is the man, the myth, the legend, John Thayer. How you doing, John? I'm doing great. Good. We're so excited to have you. Uh, we think you have an awesome story to tell. So we'll get to that in a second. But we have housekeeping items, especially since this is the first episode of season two. So first of all, first of all, we want to start promoting school programs and sports teams here at Granada. So if you are uh, listening and you are part of a, uh, a club, a program, a sport, anything like that, or you're a parent of a student who's part of that and you want us to give you some love to rep uh, your, your whole thing, let us know. And we will definitely put a little commercial together for you and, and talk about, I don't know, water polo or whatever it might be mm-hmm. and uh, what you got going on. So please reach out to us uh, on our Instagram, which is GLBH Podcast. You can find us there on Instagram. Uh, give us a direct message and, and we'll follow up with you about getting that going. Yeah. And as for promoting uh, school programs, uh, I know we did it in the last season, but I got to give a shout out to our cross country team. Goodness. The, the talent that those individuals have, the hard work that they consistently put in. I know I drive my kids to and from school um, and I, I see them running in the mornings. I see them running yep. in the afternoons. They are always running. And wow, is our team talented. Um, and so a, a shout-out to the Matern brothers for the program that they have developed. Absolutely. A shout-out to our, our, our student-athletes who um, are, are taking incredible strides, uh, pun included right there, um, <laughs> uh, just with, with with the program. And we have, like, one of the top programs in the nation for, for cross-country. I think they're, they're ranked somewhere in, like, the top five, top six programs in the nation for, for cross-country. Last, so, last time the Pomegranate ran a story uh, about them, they were ranked number eight in the nation. Wow. Um, which is insane. I think they're ranked one or two in in California at this point. Yeah, so um, so absolutely incredible. So I, I got to promote the, the the men and women's cross country team. Uh, uh, outstanding program. Uh, keep it up. Keep it up. Yeah, I can't run like that. So good job. Um, <laughs> another housekeeping item. We're looking for sponsors. We're looking for partners. We're looking for people who want to come alongside of us and we can rep whatever you got going on. El Charo Restaurant, I'm talking about you. Uh, maybe it's uh, the local car wash. Uh, if you want to have a sponsorship with us, if you want uh, us to get your your name out there to the HG masses, uh Hit us up. Hit yeah. us up. We'd love, we'd love to have a sponsor. Yeah, and we're not asking for anything if for a sponsorship. I mean, it could be anything. It could be you know ten thousand dollars. It could be a, <laughs> it could be a, a bumper sticker. Yeah, or anywhere in between. Uh, we're not looking for anything anything crazy. But yeah. Uh, yeah, if you if you want a sponsorship, yeah, yeah, just send us a message. We'd be happy to uh, promote your business, promote your product, promote. It whatever. could be something as little as I like those guys. Yeah, it could yeah. be. Yeah, <laughs> we're just looking for some sort of sponsor partner. <laughs> I think I think we might get something going. Mm-hmm. I, I have faith. Um, so now we've come to uh, the early segment, which is our what has impressed you and what has underwhelmed you. Um, 
Mr. Ville, you want to take us away with what has impressed you? Sure. Uh, impressed me. Uh, I'm going to go ahead uh, and talk about Argentinian restaurants. Ooh. I had the, uh, the fortune of going to an Argentinian restaurant uh, when I was at a conference down in L.A., and uh, one of the teachers that we work with is originally from Argentina, and uh, she mentioned she wanted to go to this restaurant, and I said, oh, I, I have to have this experience. I've never been to an Argentinian restaurant before. And so we end up walking to the restaurant, and uh, walking in, you would have zero idea that it was you know, an Argentinian themed, except for um, the name was Lala down in L.A. Lala. Um, it says Lala is the, is the name of the restaurant, and then underneath, you know, Argentinian Grill. So, but there's no, you know, nothing else. Uh, you walk in, seems like a standard normal restaurant. But wow, was I impressed with the food? And if you are a meat eater, go That's to me. an Argentinian restaurant. They love themselves some carne. I will tell you that much. <laughs> we had all sorts of different meats. All sorts of different flavors, and I got to try like a delicacy that was like the glands of the cow that are near the neck. Oh, the sweetbreads! Is that what it's called? Yeah, sweetbreads, the thymus gland. Yeah, the thymus gland. So I got to have that. Never had it before. Uh, It it was just an outstanding experience. Uh, We had some flan, uh, which was also delicious. Um, I had a cappuccino. Um, it, it was, a, I, I dove, I dove into the Argentinian restaurant and tried to eat as much food as I possibly could. <laughs> and I enjoyed every second of it. So I was really impressed with the Argentinian restaurant. That's awesome. Mr. Thayer, first of all, have you had a sweetbread thymus clam before and what has impressed you lately? Yes. And, um, what has impressed me lately has been all of my students, but really my freshmen, um, kids that are coming to a brand new school for the first time and how they have uh, jumped in there and been positive and done a great job so far. Awesome. Awesome. Freshman. Way to go, freshman. Mr. Thayer is proud of you. Uh, What's impressed me lately? It's that time of the year. The pumpkin stuff is coming out. Yeah. And I'm a huge fan of Trader Joe's uh, pumpkin muffin mix. The pumpkin muffin mix. My wife, I told her, I said, if you see boxes, buy as many as you can. She has six now in the cupboard, and we're <laughs> eating pumpkin muffins left and right. I just, they do a good job. They do a good job with the pumpkin muffin mix. So, real impressed with that. Will you guys go through all six boxes too? Uh, possibly not okay. like not quickly okay it, it might we might finish our last box maybe in january or okay something like yeah that. you can you kind of yeah we, we space them out we don't just like crush them back to back to back so mm-hmm. yeah yeah so that's what's impressed me uh now underwhelmed let's flip it back to me and we'll reverse back around oh sneaky um with the pumpkin spice season in trader joe's trader joe's also goes a little over the top and they start making everything pumpkin flavored, and I'm unimpressed. Yeah, I'm it, underwhelmed with the uh, just too much pumpkin stuff. Do your two or three things that are your bread and butter that are really good, and then the other ones can we not do that? We don't need pumpkin potato chips, okay? Like it's too much, okay? Uh, you know the the butternut squash mac and cheese, whatever it might be. I know some people like that stuff, and I'm sorry, but it's just too much. We don't need to go all in on it. Just a few, a few really big hitters. Okay, okay. I'm underwhelmed. 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 It was specifically Trader Joe's pumpkins. J- excessiveness. Just, you walk in there, and it's like it just slaps you in the face. It's mm. like okay, we're enough here, enough here. So, uh, Mr. Thayer. Something's underwhelmed you. I said I was impressed with the kids. Um, I guess I'm underwhelmed with some adults. I'm not thinking of adults at Granada 
I'm thinking of people who run things like countries and big corporations. Not all oh. of them, but some of them have been underwhelming, and I, I feel like it's still um, the same old game, people doing stuff for themselves and not having creative solutions. Oh. Do you care to, to say any of those specific countries or things? Or I think no? I've gone as far as I should go. <laughs> We'll leave right it at now. that. Yeah, that's okay. use your imagination yeah. as to. Actually, probably don't have to imagine too hard. I think we can all pick out a couple of people right now. Yeah, uh, Mr. Villa, how about you? Um, uh, underwhelmed uh, with just travel in general. Uh, like I told you, I was going to the conference, and just the day that you have to go, there's maybe some general excitement, you know, mm-hmm. with the travel, and so you're excited, all those different things. Um, the travel home, though, oh man. Uh, after the conference, I'm wiped out. I'm tired, having to go through TSA, having to do all the things, then getting home and then realizing, oh, I got all sorts of other stuff that I need to do. So um, I think I'm underwhelmed with the return date from a travel trip, like that Mm. specific return date. I wish it could be a lot smoother, a lot easier, but then you get back and you realize all the other things that need to happen. So, um, So with you. Yeah, so there's that great level of excitement going to a trip or going somewhere typically on the way home. Uh, there's usually some sadness and some like, oh, man. <laughs> I have I got so a, much to do. I got a lot of work that I got to take care of here. Yeah. So I, I, was, I was underwhelmed with my return trip from uh, from my conference, if you couldn't yeah. tell. Yeah, <laughs> you get back to school and you miss a few days and it, the work piles up real fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, we did it. Our first Underwhelmed Impress segment, season we're two. We're, we're back. back. We're back. Um, now we're going to get into Mr. Thayer some more. Can't wait to hear more of his story. JD, take it away. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Mr. Thayer, I'd love to hear about your journey. What brought you to Livermore? What brought you to eventually Granada? And you can go as far back as you like. Uh, maybe I even start off with this. Uh, uh, where'd you grow up? Are you, are you from Northern California area? I'm from Vacaville, which is somewhere around here. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of by Vallejo, Fairfield. It's kind of similar to Livermore in some ways. Um, they also have a place with barbed wire and gun towers. I guess the difference is here, they're trying to keep people out of that place. And there, they're trying to keep people in. You're oh. talking about a prison. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about a school. So. <laughs> no. Okay. We didn't have gun towers at our schools. No. Okay. Um, yeah, Vacaville. Uh, my wife and I are both from Vacaville. And I don't know. We went to college and stuff and ended up at UC Davis. And she got a PhD in physics. Whoa. And PhD in the house. Yeah. So uh, she ended up. At, we came here to Livermore a long time ago. Kind of feels like before I was born, but um, and she finished her PhD at Sandia National Labs. Um, you can do you can finish it at the lab. Yeah, she like she did coursework there she, to finish. No, her coursework was done, and she was doing research. Okay, and so she took she had an advisor at the laboratory and uh, finished her PhD there. Won a bunch of awards. Um, while she was doing that, we moved to Livermore, and I taught at Chabot College for a year. And math. Uh, I taught math. Math at Chabot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then I decided that I wanted to try teaching high school, and I just walked into Livermore High, 
and said, hey, could I work here? And they said, sure. That's basically <laughs> what happened. And, uh, Real easy. <laughs> well, we've heard a few guests actually share that story. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember uh, Ms. Freitag told that. Kind of a, a slightly different version, but just kind of walked into the school and said, hey, I'd, I'd like to work here. And sure enough, got a you job. Start tomorrow. Yeah, I feel like we're in that uh, phase again in in education where <laughs> somebody could walk up to the school right now and be like, "Can yeah. I teach here?" And they'd yeah. say, "Sure." Our HD's listening. If you ever want to get into education, now is a great time. Go ahead and do so. These next couple of years will be a good window for you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you started at Livermore. Started at Livermore. What year was that? Um. Two thousand. Oh, okay. Yeah, that year. Two, got it. Two thousand to two thousand two, I think. Yeah. Okay. So I'll slightly interject here. Um, Mr. Thayer was actually my math teacher in high school. Oh, man. Yeah. I had the glorious time of my senior year uh, having him as my trig teacher. And sure enough, I become a math teacher after that, too. Do you think part of that was his influence? I had absolutely put some uh, some influence from Mr. Thayer into me going into the education realm, and specifically the area of wow. mathematics. But I, I'm going to step back because this is John's story. This is not about me. Just <laughs> just one more question. Did he have long hair back then? Uh, he, I think maybe a little bit shorter than what currently is. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there was some length to it, but... Really? Yeah. I, sure. I, I, I got the yearbook picture to prove it. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're at Livermore. This is 2000-ish, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. What's going on there? Take, keep us going on this journey. Okay. So I taught at Livermore for two years. I loved it. Um, I loved teaching high school. The, the kids gave me a lot of, um, you know, it was a lot of energy and um, I was pretty happy about it. And my wife ended up getting another job in New York, and so we went there. Well, um, so I left, had to leave. And, um, you know, we um, took off to New York for about a year and a little bit, year and something. Mm-hmm. And she worked at IBM. I taught at the Bronx Community College. How was that? It was... Uh, you know, everyone was older than me. <laughs> like half of my <laughs> students were older than me, maybe. And I was still pretty young. Um, I think I was maybe even too young to have been teaching high school. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, so I, I'm teaching at the Bronx Community College. And um, it was right after 9 11. So it was there. Okay. They had their anniversary. I mean, so 2002. 2002. That was, uh, I had you in class, but it happened my senior year. So yeah. the year that you were there. So the year yeah. after that, I was teaching in New York and it was, I mean, it was sad, you know, it was hard and people were pretty down. I remember that day, you know, the, the mm-hmm. year, one year anniversary and, um, and just telling them we're not gonna, we're not gonna do any new math today, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna do some math and try to keep things normal. Cause I figured the people that most of, the, most of the students did not come to class mm. that day. But the ones that did, I kind of felt like they were there for some normalcy. And so we, we did some math, but not new math. And um, anyway, taught, I taught there. Um, and then we ended up moving again to Albuquerque, New Mexico. And we were there for about 11 years. Okay, um, it's a good chunk of time. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you've you talked to us about Albuquerque before, but uh, for the pod, tell us the experience there, uh, the school there, what what you got from that. 
Well, that was my, um, you know, I loved it. I loved the town. I loved the state. Um, I loved all the things I was learning about culture there and people and humanity and and how to teach. Uh, when I got there, I um, was late in the school year. It had already started. It had been going for maybe a month and a half. Okay. And so there weren't a lot. Of, there there are a lot of high schools in Albuquerque. It's a pretty big city. Um, but there are only a couple high schools that had math teacher openings still, and they are both they both required you to teach in Spanish. And uh, I said, sure, sure, I'll do that. I Wait, can do that. Did you know how to speak Spanish at this time? I mean, yeah. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I thought I did. You just did it on a whim. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I thought learn. I. I thought I. I thought I knew what I was getting into, and it was definitely over my head. I mean, I was in over my head. Um, there were probably like forty kids in each class, and um, it's a big class. It was. Uh, you know some of the the troubles you 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 hear about in big urban schools and that there's a lot of things going on that I still I just wasn't ready for um and I ended up um learning a lot more slang a lot more street spanish than I than I knew before and um I had to, tr- this is before Google Translate, I had to translate a lot of things. So I was up all night translating, and the students had already, I was their third teacher or fourth teacher already. People kept quitting. In a month and a half? Yeah, yeah. So did. we're talking like right around now, like mid-October? Yeah, so like- And ima- you were their third teacher? Imagine like Granada, like if you, you have teachers, like every once in a while, just walk out and go, I can't do this anymore, and leave in the middle of the day, in the middle of the year, and or imagine like your whole class doing that to you, jumping out of a window. And I mean, there were a lot of crazy things that would go on. So, wow. I uh, did it by um, working really hard, and wear, I wore a tie every day, and I showed up every day. And I and I at that school, they wanted us to stand outside our classroom and shake the kids' hands before they come in. Um, because you, when you do that, you are welcoming the kids in your room, but you're also, um, you know, you're seeing what's going on outside in, in the school and then there's more eyes going on with what's going on in the school. And, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, it was trouble, you know, I, it was hard when I first got there, but I, uh, basically just, um, came every day, showed up every day and was prepared every day and, then at some point, that that group of kids decided that I was okay, and they they decided they decided to start working for me. How long did that take? What do was, you think? I was going to say, was that in, within the first year that these kids decided to start yeah, working? Yeah, I mean, for it? it was. You know, you have the same every other high school in the country. You have the same kids all year, and so um, <laughs> you you have the second by the second semester. It was semesters. They decided, and th- these were mostly freshmen, mostly Algebra 1 is what I taught, and um, they, they just all collectively started getting out their books and doing their work. And I, and I remember it hap- that when it first started happening, 
and I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And, uh, and, um, cause I had my moments where I was thinking about <laughs> leaving too. And, and I ended up a big group of those kids stayed with me for four years. I ended up being a, the school's first bilingual algebra two teacher, first bilingual pre-calculus class we had. I eventually started teaching AP calculus, um, you know, it was like I, I brought this group of kids along with me. I got to know them really well, and uh, it was it was great. And I I ended up staying at that school for a long time. So uh, that was Albuquerque. We were there for eleven years, and uh, then we decided that you know we had kids. After a bunch of years, <laughs> we waited a while to have kids. We kind of traveled a lot, and um, we decided we wanted our kids to be around family, and my wife, she was working at Sandia mm-hmm. in Albuquerque, and which is, I think, the, I think it's the biggest national lab, um, and they have, you know, their satellite here in Livermore, and so she was able to kind of apply for a job here without too much hassle, because she could just transfer here. And we'd lived here before, and uh, so we decided to move back. Right on. What year was this that you decided to, or that, that you guys ended up coming back? Do you remember? We came back in 2014, and I took that year off from teaching. And um, my oldest son started kindergarten, and my youngest and I would walk him to school, and then we would do things like take naps and. <laughs> And uh, go to parks. Oh, good for a year. Good old know. days. Sounds yeah. like a nice year. <laughs> it was a pretty. It was a pretty good year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we come back. We take the 2014, 2015 school year off, and then we decide, hey, I want to get back into teaching. Yeah. And so, did you do the same thing? Did you just walk to Granada and like say, hey, I want a job? Did or? you think Livermore first, or did you? I tried to go to Livermore. You and did. Okay. They, they just kind of looked at me. When I just kind of, it wasn't as easy as last time. And um, gosh, I, how do I, I don't know how much to tell the story. I saw Tom Fletcher was a vice principal. But when I first taught there, he taught across the hall from me. Mm-hmm. And it was his first year teaching. And then he's this, uh, you know, he's a principal now. And I'm like, hey, I remember you. But, I, you know, I don't know if think they had positions or something. You know, they didn't have math positions, so. There was no just walking in. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. They weren't desperate like before. <laughs> so, so, so like you literally walked into the office and said, "Hey, you guys got a math position?" Or did you like email the district? No, 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 <laughs> I'm I just trying to figure that. I don't out. know how to. I don't. I don't. I just. Yeah, I go in. I talk to people. I, so I you just do, went on campus. It was like, hey. Yeah, I tried to. I tried that at. Uh, at my son's school too, I I, I, went, I had a meeting with the principal. I just went and talked to the principal. I'm like, "Hey, can we meet?" And I'm like, "Is there any job I could have here?" And he's like, <laughs> "No." <laughs> yeah, that's how I did. That's how I did it. And then I thought, well, maybe I should look online for available jobs. Got it. And Granada had one, and so then I then I did that thing where you fill out a form <laughs> and you set, submit it and, and with I, your resume. To yeah, join.org. I, I had to update my resume. Got it. 
Um, well, while he's mentioning resumes, um, at this time, so this is year 2015, um, I'm like eight years into teaching. Sure. And uh, I more recently had become the department head for the math department. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a department head, uh, you, you are uh, responsible for helping uh, on, on new hires, especially mm-hmm. within your department. So um, I was told, like, hey, we have a couple rounds of interviews. Why don't you come in? And so I sit down and I take a look at the list of candidates that we're going to interview. And I see the name. John Thayer. And I go, why no. do I know that name? <laughs> I know that name. And so speaking of resumes, I start looking at the resumes. And sure enough, John Thayer, math teacher, Livermore High School in 2000, 2001, 2002. And I go, this was my old math teacher. <laughs> so not only did I have Mr. Thayer as a teacher, but I actually got to sit in on the interview committee and I got to offer him a job to work with me. Full circle. <laughs> did, did you know then and there, J.D.? That's the guy I want to hire. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. you're like, these other These people- other candidates don't even make anything. That <laughs> <laughs> doesn't even make a difference. I was like, Mr. Thayer's getting a job here. Well, yeah. there's two things about that. One is that when I, when, I left, when I left Livermore High, my wife went to New York, and we had a choice to make. She went four months before the school year ended. And uh, I decided I couldn't leave before the school year ended. And, and it was this decision, it was like this integrity decision, it was this, like, I want to finish this thing that I started decision, and um, and so I, I stayed, I lived with friends, um, from some friends from Spain that were really good friends, and um, I got to practice my Spanish a lot, actually, and, uh, and I did that, and, and one of the things I've thought about since then is that if had I just quit in the middle of the school year and just gone, it might be a different story had I shown up at that Ooh, interview. Yeah. Like, this is the guy <laughs> this that guy leaves just in, the walked middle, out. in the middle of the school year. <laughs> sure. So these, these decisions you make come back whether you realize it or not. That's one thing. The other thing is um, I don't think I always interview that well. <laughs> and I don't think that was my day for a good interview. <laughs> In my memory, and I don't think it mattered. I think I think JD um, kind of looked past it. I'm not sure everyone else on the committee did, but I really thought you had a fantastic interview. I know you've told me that before. Do you remember anything from the interview? I do. I actually remember the question that I asked him because he, he was talking about uh, you know some bilingual pieces that he was that he had done in New Mexico, and I just asked him, you know, what are strategies for working with English language learners? And I even remember your response because you had mentioned you had students that were from Russia and not just necessarily Spanish mm-hmm. speakers. And so you came back and you said, so just like any language learner, not necessarily Spanish. And I said, yeah, no, just somebody who's learning English for this uh, as a second language. I remember that was one of the questions that I asked you and you had a really, really nice response for how you would handle students. And oh, that's good. <laughs> like I said, you, you don't give yourself enough credit. It was a great interview. I remember asking, being asked what sport I could coach. And I said, well, I tried coaching swimming once. I was an assistant swimming coach, and they left me alone with the kids, and someone pooped in the pool. I'm here talking about poop in the interview. This is what I remember. And I kept talking about it. And I'm like, there's this little thing in my brain telling me, stop talking about the poop. Stop talking. And I just couldn't stop. And I'm like, and that's what I remember about the interview. Mm -hmm. So, but you know, I guess you remember. Yeah. And it's happening again right now. (laughs) So So you walked out of the interview and you're like, oh man, I really pooped my pants on that one. Basically. Yeah. 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 Except for, Boom. yeah. Job. 
<laughs> well, he saw right through it. Yeah. <laughs> he he waded through the poop and he got to the English language learner part. Poop so. is such a good metaphor. I mean, <laughs> and then after you've been a parent, I mean, it's just oh yeah, yeah. so many levels. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> all right, so uh, so we get here 2015, and uh, we've been teaching here at Granada High School ever since. Um, yeah, seven and, or eight years. Uh, yeah, and I know that uh, just for uh, uh, just for our listeners, uh, you mentioned how you were the first uh, kind of uh, dual immersion or first Spanish-speaking Algebra two teacher and pre-calculus teacher at uh, your school in New Mexico. Well, that school actually, they that was a big pro. So there were actually three bilingual math teachers at that school. By the time I left, I think there might have even been four. And there were a few science teachers and a few. I mean, that school was definitely, I'd say, 85% of the students, something like that, spoke Spanish. Um, one of my students uh, there... Uh, his parents from Mexico, he was from Albuquerque, he um, ended up in my AP Calculus class. And despite me, um, he he ended up, sometime he posted on Facebook or something, asking if anyone wanted to go to a concert in San Francisco. And I said, what? And it was Andrew Bird. And I said, yeah, I want to. And I did. <laughs> you know, I'm like, what are you doing here? And he, he's like, I go to UC Berkeley. And I'm like, well, we're going. And so he turns out he's getting a PhD in math. Really? UC Berkeley, he's got one now. He's got, he, so I started, I pay, I'm like, we're going, I'm paying for the tickets. <laughs> and he uh, started coming over to the house. Um, he ended up moving back to New Mexico, got a job as a staff scientist at Los Alamos. But I mean, someone I taught in math who um, knows way more math than me now. So. But I, I wanted to ask you this earlier. So your wife has a PhD. Does she ever tout that around the house? Like, <laughs> I'm smarter than you. Do you ever no, get no. that from her? Or? No, I do it to to um, get to get uh, some perspective to remind her, you know, what what she could do with her brain waves, and <laughs> to remind the kids that they they need to listen. Got it. Okay. <laughs> so use it as a scare tactic with the kids. No, it's it's all a love. It's all love. It's all, <laughs> all right. yeah. love well, and brainwaves. Well, yeah, well, I was just mentioning the fact that you were doing those things uh, at your school in New Mexico, and, and you're doing those things here as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you've offered the first uh, dual immersion Algebra one course, geometry course, and statistics course here. Um, I think the, the way that you have kind of, uh, you know, involved yourself within the community and with our school community as well and, and the, the city of Livermore is, is, is very admirable and should be recognized. And so just want to say thank you for all of the things that you do. It's pretty cool to be able to work with you. Oh, I, it's thank you. <laughs> but I, it's just um, me doing what I love to do. So. Well, we're happy you're here. Mm-hmm. So don't leave. I know that you're part time now, but don't make it less than that. Oh, I'm staying because I've got the the kids are coming through. Oh, yeah, wait you a minute. Be here for that. Wait a minute. Is it next year? It's next year. Yeah. Woo boy! Uh, be on the lookout for a little Thayer running around here. He's not little. <laughs> That's true. <actually. laughs> He's not little. So yeah, he'll be bigger than me by the time he gets here. So. Mm-hmm. If if I see him walking across the quad, will I know that's a Thayer? Does he have the Thayer facial characteristics? Oh, I don't know. He's so much 
better looking than me <laughs> and um, carries himself better and has a better smile and no you won't know it'd be like a, a prince versus a troll or something oh. like that you know Jeez. okay okay interesting well um speaking of granada uh let's talk about some granada experiences um the highs, the lows, the in-betweens, uh, some, some memories that stick out to you in your seven years here. What, what are you most proud of since you've been working here? Give us some, some Granada juice here. Um, you know, <laughs> the first year I was here, I had a group of kids that, that were new. They were, I think maybe five kids that were new to the country within the last year or two. Mm-hmm. And they were in my algebra class, and they were probably a little too old to be in an algebra class, some of them. Some of them are the right age. and But you know how that kind of happens. And then you don't always know where to put kids who are new. And they kind of sat together and were kind of scared and um, I remember I was doing a lot of projects, and I was doing this big project about art. Um, and I, because I, I had just come from Albuquerque, where there was tons of public art, um, and it was really defining the culture there in a lot of ways. And then here, not as much. There, there's a lot more now, but at the when I first came, it just it was striking to me the difference. And so I'm like, let's do. Let's do a math project about this. And um, I remember this project. Yeah, we called it Art City. Yeah. And um, I and I got a you know I had a big ex, um, expo in the gym. Like I put them all together, and I got Alameda County Art Commissioner to come and do do some judging. But I, this group of kids um, were just really struggling to get involved and to understand what was going on. I didn't have any, um, there were no bilingual classes. It was just um, taught in English. But I pulled them to get aside and I said, well, you guys are going to do something a little different. You're going to, um, you're going to design like this, this project um, where you're, you're a, you're a big team and you're going to kind of look at it as a, as a business where you, you go around, you help people with art, like um, schools with art or, like kind of like a magic art bus, and um, and I want you to make to to make a mural, and and the mural like we we had all these like steps um, for how to do like how the math related to to the art you know there are different like ways different connections but um, we I just got I went and bought a giant you know four by eight piece of plywood, and um, and I would we would work after school. I brought spray paint, and we would work. Um, we did a couple weekends where we got together for the art part so that oh. we could, like, when we're in class, we could work, focus on the math and mm-hmm. um, the connection with the math. But the art, um, I kind of let them do what they want. I mean, I would give them some ideas, but they, they ended up putting together this huge mural, and they could talk about it, and they could talk about how the math related. They could talk about it to the judges. Um, they could, they were trying to explain, some of them could speak better English than others. And some of the judges could kind of understand. So they could, they could sort of communicate that, but yeah, we had judges, we had just, anyway, beautiful mural. And I had those kids for a couple of years cause I had them in geometry too. And I bolted that mural to the wall when I got my, 
my um, permanent home in the temporary portable. <laughs> and um, bolted that to the wall, and, it, and I would use it as an example. So when we would do other math projects that had art, I would just figure out a way to make that mural work for whatever project it was and show it as an example. And it, I just, it just always made me happy. And uh, yeah. anyway, one summer, a couple summers ago, I came back and it was gone. Someone uh, took it. Yeah, I I think oh, man. you know it had to do with moving around whiteboards or the you know the screens you know they put up that kind of thing. Um, but it was gone, like, and that was a big, that was rough for me. But it was a good. Um, I was kind of bitter at first, kind of no no one knew you know no one no one knew how, where it went, but uh, then I you know took it as. A lesson in impermanence and <laughs> moved on. Life moved is fleeting. On. Well, maybe this is a, a nice little segue into uh, to a challenge that you have faced within your time. And this doesn't have to be just at Granada, but you can think about uh, maybe a challenge that you have faced that has helped uh, kind of shape you as an individual, uh, shape you as the person that you are today. So I don't know if you can share with our audience any anything along those lines. Uh, I tend to make my own challenges. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I'm always look. I'm always trying to figure out how to be at home in the universe, mm. and uh, so I kind of put my own obstacles up in my way. Moving is always really hard for me. I get attached to a place. Yeah, I gotta move. You know, that's hard. Um, so I'm not planning on leaving Granada. I'm gonna. My kids are going to stay through here. I don't want to have to move again. Yeah. Um, I, I think that um, I sort of create an ideal in my head of how things should be. And I, I think I maybe even, I wonder if subconsciously I make that ideal opposite of the way things are. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then, like, wonder why it's not the way I want it to be. And then I, you know, work against everything to to make it how I think it should be. And I... That's the definition of creating your own challenges. I create my own own problems. But, um, you know, I I think it's all... um, I've I've dealt with all kinds of challenges with, um, you know, I... Everything tends to be a little metaphorical. I remember getting run over by a car on the first day of school <laughs> by a student. What? The first, the first time I got to teach calculus, I always wanted to teach calculus when I, you know, when I first graduated. Did you get run over or run, were you yeah. struck by? Hit or run over? Like the car went, yeah, so rolled over you? I, I rode my bike. <laughs> I, and, um, I was really excited to finally get to teach calculus. And, um, <laughs> Just put a damper on I it. I was getting, you know, riding. I was really good mood, riding, riding to work, and um, going. The sun was behind me, and I'm on my bike, and there's a cross street, and there's a car coming at me, and I'm crossing. I'm going past this cross street. The car's coming towards me, but they're turning left, but. I didn't know that. They didn't have a blinker on. And they're going really fast. And like the sun's in their eyes. You know, they mm-hmm. probably don't see me. And turn. And 
it, the car, I look down and see the car. So I guess the car is, I'm, it's not running over me. Okay. But I see it and I, and I, everything slowed down. You know, whenever stuff like this happens, right. it, time actually, time's not real, by the way. <laughs> it doesn't work the it's way. It's a theorism people, right there. Time is not real. It isn't. It, it doesn't work the way people think it works. It, sure. It bends and it distorts. And um, so when you're, when you're, uh, something cataclysmic is happening to you, it will slow down and kind of laugh at you a little bit. And so it slows down, time slowed down, and I see this car moving really slow right, right into me, and I go, wow, that car is definitely going to hit me. <laughs> You're having this process in your head as this is going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this yeah. happens within like a second, but it slows down. And then it, it, it hits me. I, you know, I feel it hit the bike, hit my leg, and I feel myself off the bike. You know, I'm like floating in the air and I'm like, wow, (laughs) it's hitting me. You know, it, it, I'm gonna fall into this car. So I bounce off the windshield and and I'm on the ground and, and I'm lying there and I'm like, oh man, I gotta go teach. (laughs) And I'm like, I, I need, I need to go teach. It's the first day of calculus. I'm, this was really inconvenient. And I try to move. And I can't move. And I'm like, well, that sucks. And then I kind of look around me, and I realize I'm, I'm kind of lying in like a big pool of blood. Oh. And I'm like, is that mine? Is that my blood? I'm like, of course it's my blood. Like, no one else <laughs> well, the is guy here. Got hit. The car left. I mean, the car. Oh, you got, it was well, a hit and run. He, no, he kind of went down the street a little bit, but he couldn't go far because he didn't really have a windshield left. It was like completely spiderwebbed, you know, and uh, I realized that I'm not going, I'm, I'm not going, I'm like, and I said to myself, wait a minute, when you get hit by a car, that's really bad, right? <laughs> True. Sure is. Sure and, is. Um, and I said, Oh man, and and I started, and then I realized there's no one here helping. And I said, "Help, help!" Where and were you bleeding from, by the way? My head. <laughs> and um, <laughs> okay, yeah, that's pretty serious. And I did. I was wearing a helmet, which is, you know, good thing I was. So yeah. make sure to wear your helmet, people. But but pe- some piece of the windshield got me. Mm-hmm. You know, like sliced my, you know, this like thing that bleeds a lot up uh, your temple. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. kind of right above your eye. The side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. So uh, he gets out of the car and he sa- and I and I'm by now I'm not yelling help anymore. I'm yelling this other word, really, because the help wasn't working. No one was coming. And, uh, <laughs> and he says, "Call nine one one." I said, "Yes." And he went. He ran in and got his girlfriend. He was a senior, and he was like. Excited! It was his first day of school, senior year, and he was going to pick up his girlfriend. When he got his girlfriend, he just stayed in the house, and she came running out. All these adults came out and were staring at me, just couldn't move, just staring at me, shaking their heads. Like, and she comes out, and she just starts doing all checking off this list, this like first responder stuff. 
mm-hmm. and she's talking to me really soothingly. She's like telling me everything's okay. She's asking me my name. She's figuring out the story. She gets my cell phone, which is smashed, and so she it was a flip phone, a razor. Oh, you know, rest so in peace, flip phone. She, she it's a good um, phone. She starts telling the adults what to do. You go in and get some towels for pressure. You go call nine one one. You get. You go call his school. Um, you go call his wife. And someone gave her the phone. She called my wife. And uh, anyway, I ended up going to the trauma ward and like all this stuff. And I didn't get to teach calculus that first day. Bummer. Uh, but the, this meta, you know, this metaphor, this this thing that happened. Um, it revealed a lot of things because I had to, had to, you know, put myself back together basically because it's kind of a de- deconstruction of me. Hmm. Um, I, had, I had end up having to go to some therapy and the lady was like, mm, I think, um, you know, that's hard that you got hit by a car and stuff, but I'm really interested in this first day of school and it was a student and I think your subconscious is having a field day with that and she diagnosed me with depression and all these things, and I'm, you know, like, I'm finding out things about myself, I guess, through that experience. And um, maybe some of the challenges that you do create in your head are actually real things, you know. Hmm. And that's, that's what I think my generation growing up was still part of that generation where uh, mental health was imagined, and it's just in your head, and get over it and now we're finally coming to this understanding that it's it is a real thing and it it's something that that matters and um and i think that i i had to look at myself and learn learn about myself and i think teaching and this through all of that has been you know your students hold up a mirror to you every day your children do um and if you're you're good at reading that mirror you can learn a lot about yourself and Hmm. And so my challenge has been, yeah, self-made, but the, it's it, but that kind of thing can be very, very real. So, great story, amazing. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, yeah. And you even inter, you know, kind of wove in some other pieces there as well. Yeah, um, yeah. That's yeah. Great story. Yeah. Nothing more to say after that. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> no, well, 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 we got one more thing. I'm to not do. gonna let you escape just yet, but yeah. <laughs> We are now moving into, uh, I think, the everybody's favorite segment, which is the 20 questions. Uh, just a reminder that last season... We I memorized them all. From yeah. last season, so I'm ready. You memorized them oh. all. Well, they're new. No, they're new. So, Wait. Yeah, they're new, so sorry. <laughs> but I had all my answers. <laughs> we, we, we have a few, uh, five or six uh, heavy hitters that we kept, but uh, we, we switched them up. Um, for those of you who um, have not listened, uh, we started with this being a quick fire round and then it turned into some of the most exciting, uh, longer winded, uh, segments of, of the whole show. So we're not calling them the quick fire round anymore. We're just calling them the 20 questions. The 20 questions. Um, so we're at the 20 yeah. questions round. Uh, we got new questions here. So, uh, Mr. Thayer is now completely off guard. And, uh, this year I'm going to do the odds and, uh, you'll do the evens. Mr. Wow. Villa, how uh, do you think about that? I'm all about symmetry. So going back and forth sounds perfect to me. Yep, we'll do, we'll go back and forth. So, Mr. Thayer, are you ready for the 20 questions? Yeah, I'm ready for anything, always. I love it. Number one, what is your life motto or saying you like to think back on? 
<laughs> Wear your helmet. Well, yeah, they change. <laughs> they change. Like I have, I have like a bunch of them. So like lately, it's been if you can make it through Tuesday, you can make it through anything. That's a. That's, um, I love that. I gotta write that down. If <laughs> you can make it through Tuesday, you can make it through anything. I agree. There's one I have my students learn it, which is um. Uh, it's, it's a kid. Students even made a poster of it for me in my classroom. Um, todo lo que ocurre ocurre hoy, which means um, everything that happens happens today. Oh, um, that's a true statement. So we talk about that a lot in my class. I, I end up riffing on that a lot. So I'll go with that one. Okay. Everything that happens happens today. Beautiful. I like it when you say it in Spanish better, but yeah. Yeah, because then you don't necessarily, it sounds more mysterious. It does. It does sound more mysterious. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Uh, question number two. Would you rather only stay in California or travel anywhere in the world but never be able to come to California? Hmm. <laughs> what? Yeah, gotcha. I, yeah, I didn't think this was going to stump him. I thought I knew your instant answer, but I, I was wrong with that one. Wait, can, I mean, can we both say what we thought he would say? Oh, yeah, yeah. sure. Uh, travel. Oh, yeah, travel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, if you're going to force me. Hmm. But California's pretty awesome, though, right? But I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm always looking for my home in the universe. Maybe it's not California if yeah. you're going to force me out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So you chose not California. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Number three, favorite Livermore restaurant. Uh, um, I'm going to go with Los Caporales. Ooh, Los yeah. Caps. That's solid. Mm-hmm. The one off Stanley or the one downtown? Well, I go, I go to both. Go to both, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I think their breakfast burritos are top notch. Um, well, my... Uh, New Mexico breakfast burritos. I'm gonna. Oh, well, that's a whole nother level. <laughs> no, that's a different, different level, thing. Yeah. And so I, I don't. And new, breakfast burritos here come out too late. They open too late, and they're about the size of a baby. And, <laughs> and I can't eat it all. And um, you want them to be open at six and be half the size? Yeah, a third, a quarter, or something. <laughs> I mean, man. But no, I. Yeah, I'll eat it. I'll eat half of it, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I like the answer. Those yeah. Caparales. With, with, with interjecting with breakfast burritos, uh, I was in Texas, and if you ever have a chance to get a breakfast taco, Ooh. I think those I'm would probably down. be right up here. Because a little bit smaller, easier bites, but man, they're delicious. So Sounds good to yeah. me. All right. Question number four. Uh, one thing you wish Livermore had? Uh, one thing I wish Livermore had. Um, I think we need a um, watering hole called the Atomic Cantina. Whoa. <laughs> Just wow. dropping some major... I, I think there needs to be more things that, that make fun of the fact that we could blow up the world. Oh, I, I like think we, it. We need to take it a little more lightly. I, uh, I'm going to trademark that, that idea right there. And then Put it I'm on gonna, there. Yeah. TM. Yeah. I, I wrote a song with a friend who I really didn't, wasn't ready to do this, but he, he helped me. Um, he wrote a whole, made, did a whole album about Livermore, actually. Um, and he, he has a really great song about the donut wheel. 
<laughs> and he got me to write a couple songs. One of them was with him. It's one of them I wrote by myself. It's this like ten minute thing about the totem pole, and it goes you know goes on forever. And then the other one, the one I wrote with him, is uh, called Radioactive Rodeo, and Ooh. it's this like epic story about like cowboys and scientists getting together in the sky for a big party every night and tells the history. Mm-hmm. I think there should be more like joking about this kind of thing and, and art about it and there should be an atomic cantina that, that's that, that's fantastic i, that's I think it's not, you're on the yeah. something huge yeah which I, I also need to interject i've done this several times within this because we haven't mentioned a couple of things about john and not only is he a fantastic teacher but this man is an author yes this man is a musician correct this man has put out multiple albums yes he's currently in a band with a couple of other teachers as well you guys can check them out they're on spotify apple music the monkey where li- you can hear music. The Monkey Lizards. Go check them out. And they played uh, a venue last year, uh, the last day of school, uh, your garage. Garage. <laughs> yeah. And it was a heck of a concert. It was, it was a heck of a show, yeah. Monkey Lizards. They brought it. They brought it. Uh, number five, favorite boss in your career? <laughs> he's, he's laughed after every question so far. Just a little I, chuckle. I, uh, I feel like there's an answer that he's like, yeah. let me just process to make sure this is appropriate to do. Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, boss, like, has anyone, I, you know, I, it, in Albuquerque, I kind of grew up with teachers. You know, you make these, te- the, one of the hardest things for me was leaving my teacher friends, you know. Mm-hmm. And you don't realize how important that is, the, your, the friends you make as a teacher, you know, people who you're in the trenches with. And, um, but a lot of my teacher friends ended up being administrators, you know, so my bosses were like friend, you know, they're friends and they, um, oh my, I, I, I have two, um, Sherry Jet, which you'd probably say is never my, was never my boss. But she was, and she kept me out of trouble. And then I did go to a charter school the last two years I was in Livermore. Mm-hmm. And um, Tori Shoggart, she was our principal. We that school was really crazy. We were it was kids who were like not doing well in regular public school, and we were, it was all project based learning and. It was a really different place. There were no classes. There were no walls. There, she didn't allow us to keep a grade book, and it Sounds was nice. a. It was a. She was kind of a punk rock principal, and I, you know, so the, the, those two. Um, but every, you know, they've everyone's been great. Yeah. Matt, Matt Hart played banjo on my album, and and every I I still don't know what I'm going to do without the emails he sends to our staff. <laughs> so I don't know. We're putting Sylvia Plath in, in meetings. In and, our PD. In our PD. Yeah, <laughs> what am I supposed to do without that? So I don't know. Everyone's been great. And now we have Mr. Conover. I mean, how can you complain about mm-hmm. it? He, he's got a building named after him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty important, I guess. So pretty cool. You've, it's a tough answer for you because you have so many. So that's awesome. Um, how about number six? Uh, what show have you recently binged watch? Um, well, I've been trying. I, I don't watch a lot 
and when I do watch shows, it's shows with my kids. Um, the closest thing lately has been Country Music by Ken Burns, and no one else in the family wants to watch it with me, but um, <laughs> but I do it while folding clothes. I'm like, if no one's going to fold clothes with me, I get to watch this country music, you know. So I, it's like every Sunday I'll watch an episode. And so I'm on the third one. I think I've finished the third one. Right. Hank Williams. And... Cool. Country music. Mm-hmm. Check it out. What is it on? Streaming? It's PBS. It's Ken PBS. Burns. It's Got it. Um, super hip. Mm-hmm. Number seven. Most recent vacation or getaway? Saturday. Uh, we went Saturday morning to... Oakdale um, and set up camp at this campsite where you can't drive into it. Um, so you have to carry everything in and um, then it's right, and it's right on the Stanislaus River mm-hmm. and my wife just um, so I hate boats. Hate them. Um, <laughs> I love okay. my dad and stuff but he, he raised me fishing on the Delta and um, we, over, we overfished the sturgeon on the Delta and he Maybe have, have overfished me a little bit, but um, <laughs> so I'm not a big boat guy, but um, my wife keeps buying kayaks, and um, I think this trip is the one that kind of finally pushed me over to where I, I hate boats, but I'll, I'll do kayak. I like kayaking. All right. And uh, this one, uh, we, we set up camp. We had a friend come with his son, too, and then we drove um up river to a place called Knights Ferry mm-hmm. and we um put in all the the boats we had four kayaks and six people um and then we floated out it was about a 10 mile run and the idea is you float into the campsite make dinner have s'mores camp and all that cool. but it was getting you know it was like getting kind of dark by the time we were getting there and we were like we better hopefully we can see <laughs> the yeah. takeout um because if we don't it's a river and the river doesn't care sure doesn't um kind of like math doesn't care kind of like um time doesn't care um <laughs> it just keeps going you know and so like if you miss the takeout and you're, you're gonna end up you can try to stop somewhere else but most of the other places are a lot of homemade private property signs, and you really don't want to. You don't really want to cross over those boundaries <laughs> there in in Stanislaus County, and um, so we were really crossing our fingers that we were going to find the the campsite in the dark, um, and we did. It all worked out. We had dinner late, um, but uh, it was a you know it was a great. Tra- it just just happened, and it's like whenever you do something like that. Here's another thing about time slowing. You're on a river. You can't, you can't get off the river because of the homemade signs. And, and the, what I'm imagining are people chasing you with guns and stuff if you do. And so you're on the river, and it's 10 miles. And you can't check your phone, and you can't um, grade your papers, <laughs> and you can't um, see... You can't see what's happening with the war. You can't, you know, play Wordle, whatever, whatever it is you think you need to do. Um, full, full time stops. Full, yeah, I mean, you're you're on a river, and it's you. 
your perspective changes and you see life differently for a while and you're you're with people that you want to be with and you're floating you know and paddling and you know jumping off the boat or whatever and going through some rapids and i don't know all different things and um yeah it's that's as good of traveling as anything wow outstanding good story Mm -hmm. uh question number eight uh what is a childhood dream that really didn't pan out for you all of them. <laughs> How about one specifically? One. Nothing I ever set out to do ever works. I'm a failure at everything. And I'm a big advocate of that. Um, I think I actually wrote a blog post called Why I Always Fail at Everything. I don't remember what I said in it. <laughs> it's a great title. So I don't really remember why, what the answer is, but um, it's why I always um, I You know, I... I remember being a kid and telling my mom, you know, I saw some kids who were like in a rock band and playing for a huge crowd. I'm like, mom, sign me up to be a rock star, you know? She's like, okay. Well, that came true. Nope. Didn't. Well, that's true. I have tens of listeners. You are right. You are a local rock star. Maybe not a global rock star, but you're a local rock star. I have a song about the Livermore totem pole. Yeah. Um, And teacher bladder, too. Which Teacher Blab, which is one of my favorites. I do, <laughs> I do have the, the the best indie rock album about public school teaching. <laughs> See, it's a claim to fame. Um, I you know like I a dream that hasn't come true. Sure, rock star, but I mean yeah, everything. Nothing I ever like said. I ha- I'm always delusional about what I think I can accomplish or do, and um, that's what I, makes you great. Whatever I fall short of is usually good enough, and and then I move on. (laughs) Number nine, name a cherished cherished item that you have in your house. A cherished item that I have in my house. Uh, I mean, I have a guitar I like. Yeah. What's the number one? Of all the guitars one. you have, it's like, this uh, is the one. hard to do. I mean, I have one my dad bought me for getting good grades. And it was, the only, it was one semester. My, I was my son's age. I shouldn't be telling this story. <laughs> I was my son's age. And he bought me this Fender Stratocaster. He said, you get, you get straight A's, you can get this guitar. And it was just for a semester. I'm like, okay. And so I did. That never happened again. <laughs> but I still have the guitar, and that's still my, uh, my electric guitar. Is that my favorite one? No, I got this other acoustic guitar I really love, and I've got this flamenco guitar that I bought at a furniture store. Um, and I've met the online, I've met the guitar maker. Um, that, those three guitars, I've been, we've been through a lot together. Yeah. Awesome. Can I put all three of them? Sure. Finish? Okay. Quick story about guitars. Mm-hmm. Um, I started picking up guitar when I was 11 or 12. My grandpa lives in Kentucky. He goes, oh, you're playing guitar. I've been playing my whole life. Let me send you a guitar. So he sends it from Kentucky in a, in a big, you know, hard case. And I open it up. It's a 1964 Gibson J50 acoustic guitar. Oh, man. And I'm like, what? I call him and... I mean, this is like a really nice guitar. I call him and I'm like, I can't take this. This is way mm-hmm. too valuable. And he's like, that's why he wants oh, no, you to have ne- it. Yeah. I never really use it that often anymore. Like, go ahead and take it. So that, 
that's my most cherished item in the house for sure. Very cool. So there you go. Did you bring it? It's at the house. I didn't bring it here. I want to see that. You want to see it? You could see it one day. Yeah. 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 If you're lucky. (laughs) Uh, uh, Number 10, what's a hidden talent or skill that most people don't know about? About me? About you. Yeah. A hidden talent or skill most people don't know about me? I'm not really shy about telling people. I only have a few, and I like tell people what they. I mean, I write songs, and I. Um, songwriter, yeah. Well, I'm a songwriter, songwriter. Yeah. yeah. But it's not. It's not really hidden. Okay, so so, so no know. secret thing you can secret do. Secret thing I can do. I, yeah, I don't know. If, okay. I don't really. Fair enough. Yeah. Moving on. Number 11, one celebrity or athlete or artist that drives you nuts. Celebrity or athlete or artist Mm -hmm. that drives me nuts? Yeah, like a prominent figure that just drives you nuts. He doesn't like this answer or this question. I didn't laugh at this one. Yeah, he didn't (laughs) like this one. He groaned. Uh, A a prominent... Figure yeah. to try, yeah. I have to say something negative about somebody. You could just say pass if you want. Yeah, those are acceptable answers. That's kind of a minefield, but I don't want to be the first guy on and pass it. Oh no, you, you wouldn't be the first. No, people have passed. Yeah, I mean, oh, you'll be third, but <laughs> <laughs> third of twenty-one. But yeah. Oh man. Um. Yeah, I mean. I, 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 there's no, it's a minefield. I, okay. I don't want to. Yeah. Okay. If it comes back it. and you think of something, you can let us know. All right. Number 12. Uh, what's your favorite appetizer of all time? <laughs> I love that question. <laughs> you know, there, there's these, um, so I, I would say gambas al ajillo, which is not fancy. It's just sh- sh- this big shrimp with garlic, but it's because there's this restaurant, there's this tapas bar in, in Madrid, Spain. And you go there and you eat these these things, right? This, they, all these places have their own like tapa. Mm-hmm. And this one, you just like you you peel the shrimp and then you throw the you throw the peel on the floor, and everyone does. And um, by the end of the night, like you're just wading around in like shrimp peels. Yum. And I think that I think that you guys should bring that idea with you to whoever you get to start the atomic cantina, I think. (laughs) I mean I've heard of peanut shells on the floor, but shrimp sure can get real uh, (laughs) shrimp tails. (laughs) Salty seafood smelly in there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean after a while. All the stories and people are (laughs) wading through shrimp and throwing it everywhere. Oh, but yeah. large shrimp and garlic. Yeah. Well, and say the name for me one more time. Gambas al ajillo. Al ajillo. All right. There you go. Um, number 13. Would you rather always be sweaty or always be shivering cold? Ugh, shivering cold. <laughs> Same. I hate being hot. Yeah, Shivering, though. I don't like the shivering piece. <laughs> 
Okay. I guess I'm technically kind of always sweaty, so maybe I'm somewhat used to it. But <laughs> <You're> just... <laughs> well, how how sweaty are you talking? Because I can handle hot. I mean, I grew up in like Iraq. people would see you and be like, "Dude, you all right?" <laughs> <laughs> like, you, like you could see the sweat marks on the shirt. You can see the sweat on. Your, Is it like pouring on your brown? Not face? pouring, but like you're perspiring, noticeably perspiring. Oh, well, that's me every day. I mean, like I walk, been walking to school every. You know, and so you're gonna switch it to sweaty? I just, that that doesn't bother me. Okay. I just I was thinking like pouring sweat <laughs> where you can't. So if it's just like regular sweaty, I, I guess that's already me anyway. So <laughs> like, why do I want to be apparently shivering? If Mr. I'm shivering Bill cold? Well. <laughs> I put on a sweater. I mean, I don't know. So I guess I don't want to be shivering cold. But mm-hmm. All right. I don't uh, know. Yeah. Move on. All right. <laughs> Question number fourteen. Uh, a favorite number and why? Uh, let's go with 28. Any reason? Uh, it's my, it's the day, you know, the day of the month for my birthday, but it's also a perfect number. It's the second perfect number. Um, the first one is six and a perfect number is, um, where the sum of all of the factors of the number, other than the number itself, of course, cause then it, this wouldn't work, add up to the number. Whoa. So for 28, it's 1, 2, 4, 7, 14. If you add all those up, you get 28. I never knew about that. That's cool. It's a perfect number. It's yeah, a perfect so. number. Good it's for, perfect. Good for it, that number. It's perfect. Uh, and that means that Mr. Thayer's perfect if that's his favorite number. I agree. Uh, number 15, your morning routine. It is. Every morning's di- every morning's different. It's all a beautiful mess. This morning I woke up in my son's bed, and my wife woke up with him and mine. <laughs> and neither of us, none of us, knew what to do after that. I mean, <laughs> okay. I, I don't know. I I wake up and I hit the snooze button, or I don't, or I hit it seven times, or you know, and then I. It's complete randomness every day. There's not really a routine. You get here. I try. I'll try to. I remember there was one year where I was trying to make avocado toast every morning. But you got to keep buying avocados, and so they're expensive. Quit doing that, and then (laughs) I don't know um, if I I can't keep the routine. I I walk to school. Okay, there's the routine. I somehow managed to get out of my house and make like there's breakfast or not like, but. Somehow I end up getting to walk to school, and that that's my favorite part. Awesome. Uh, question number 16. How many keys are on your keychain right now? <laughs> you should be ready for this one. <laughs> There's infinite. There are infinite keys <laughs> on my keychain. Is this a metaphorical keychain? No. Metaphors are... Re- you're an English teacher. <laughs> metaphors aren't fake or... No- like, what is metaphor anyway? Metaphor is when a car hits you. That really happened, but it's also a metaphor. <laughs> my key, there's in. Look, if you open my, I have a key that opens a classroom door, which opens all of these minds. It just goes on forever. I mean, hopefully they all get jobs with keys and can go on and open things too, and just goes on forever. A key is just. It's more than a key. So, so if I heard the answer correctly, infinite. There's infinitely greatest many. answer ever for keys. 
Infinite. He's dropped a bunch of those today. Yeah. So. Uh, wow. Uh, 17. On a scale of 1 to 10, how cool are you? Zero. Oh, come on. One? I'm a, on a scale I, of 1 to 10, you can't say zero. It's okay, between one, 1 and 10. One. I'm a math teacher. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking to a math teacher. <laughs> Look, well, who decides what's cool? Like, who decides? I mean, if you guys are saying... No, you. What would your students say on a scale of one to ten? How cool you I are! I don't think they would think I was cool. Oh, I will completely disagree with yeah. that. I've I've told students that I was having this interview today, and so many of the students were genuinely excited. Yeah, but to hear zero that. of them used the word "cool." Bet. Whoa. Bet. I'm pretty sure somebody said, "You're interviewing Mr. Thayer. That guy's cool." No, I'm sure you guys are interviewing <laughs> Mr. Thayer. Happen. I love that teacher. He, I had such a great time in his class. Yeah, love is different. Love is not cool, <laughs> especially like, people don't. Love is love is all there is, and love is more infinite than keys. <sighs> but it's not cool. It's hard to do. Now we're getting the Thayer going. Now he's coming out. Only took us about an hour, but here we go. Now he's coming out. We got a few more questions left. All right. You ready? Number 18. Uh, did you have any nicknames growing up, or do you currently have any nicknames? Uh, growing up, or currently? Yeah. I don't know if I have any now, but um, growing up, I was... My family all called me... No, no, no. Go ahead. No. I thought you had something. No, no, no. You, you guys are looking at each other knowingly. I'm a little bit worried. <laughs> my family called me Johnny. Um JT Bones, people called me that. JT Bones, not, not, not T Bones, but JT. JT Bones. Yeah, JT Bones mm-hmm. or JT. Um, at my in, in Albuquerque, students called me El Thayer. Oh, <laughs> the <Whoa>. Thayer. El Thayer. <laughs> El Thayer. Um, you have some great nicknames. I know. Has yeah, T has T Money ever worked itself into there? No, that's not. Not redundant. It would have like slid right off and not <laughs> stuck. I think I've been calling him Johnny T this year. Oh, Johnny T. Yeah, I've been I calling him that. People, this year. Have, probably people have called yeah, me Johnny that T. Yeah. There you go. Or like El El Thayer. That's yeah. really good. El <laughs> <laughs> Number nineteen. Something new in your life right now. Um. I there's a. There's a podcast called The Science of Happiness. The Science of you, Happiness. You I thought you were going to say there's a podcast called Grabbing Life by the Horns. But, well, that, <laughs> that's something everyone should be binging. <laughs> Agreed. Binging. I mean, if you, ca- if, you, if you want to love the community you're in, you got to listen to its podcasts, right? But sure. this one is uh, Science of Happiness. Um, I, I feel like... Uh, you know, as teachers, parents, adults, um, everyone really, you have a responsibility to be happy. I think if you're not, if you're not happy, um, there's really no reason for students to pay attention to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. There's really no like, why would they want to look up to you as something? And and by happy, I don't mean um, like this thing where you're you're just supercharged positive all the time and it sounds kind of fake and you you force it i don't mean that i mean um you could you could have your ups and your downs but you're um 
you know, you've, you've figured out that thing, whatever that thing is for yourself that makes you, you a happy person who has, who has, um, purpose and a reason to care and, um, to grow, wants to keep growing. And this podcast is great because it's not, um, it's, it comes out of UC Berkeley from their, um, their, uh, ah, what's that? Psychology? The Greater Good magazine, Greater Good magazine, <laughs> um, and they, there's a website, and then this, this, all this science of what makes people happy, and um, and there's a lot, of, there's a lot of internal work, a lot of work you can do to to be happy, and I, I'm not saying I've I've always been successful at this all the time, but I think um, the podcast is a good one. They have little, like little happiness breaks in there. They're like happiness snacks you could listen to for like seven minutes lead you through a little like guided thing and then there's like more there's they have comedians on there they have they have more scientific explanations and um anyway i like that i like that podcast awesome all right last one number 20 what would be your perfect day off so thinking about a day off of work what does that perfect day off look like oh um yeah, that's hard because it's because I go to like there. There's some days when I want to be just by myself. There's some days when I want to be just with my wife. Mm. Um, but then there's days when I want to be with my kids too, the whole family. Um, and I, I don't know how you pick the one perfect day. Um, Some mixture of all those things. A little you time, a little you and your wife time, a little yeah, family time. Yeah. There'll be Sounds some, like a nice day. Yeah. Yeah, there should be some guitar involved, some music involved. So, sure. So, yeah, I would, maybe I would need Monkey Lizards to have some of their day off, too, <laughs> so we could play some music together. Can the day be... The day can be longer because time bends. That's right, yeah. Correct. You can bend it to however mm. long you want it to be. Yeah, so it'll be a, long, a longish day. Heck yeah. You made it through the gauntlet of 20 questions. They were new. You were the first guinea pig on those. I, m- I didn't make it. I missed one. Well, oh. it was a pass. That's okay. Yeah. We have passes sometimes. Yeah. Uh-huh. That, that one sucked. You, you looked at us and said, no, thank you. Yeah, 95 out of 100. <laughs> That's still an A. So, so uh, let's wrap it up today. Uh, first things first, HGs, thanks for coming on by again. Uh, again, you can follow us. Uh, on Instagram, GLBH Podcast. You can also uh, follow us at our website, our journalism website, our newspaper, ghspomegranate.com. And uh, last thing we're going to do here is we are going to have a Livermore trivia question. And this question we're going to ask the listeners, the first HG, the first listener who messages us on Instagram with the correct answer. We will give the shout out in the next episode. We'll tell you, uh, we'll, we'll tell everybody who got the answer right first and we'll give you the answer as well. So the question for our first Livermore trivia is drum roll, please. As I pull it up, can you name two movies that parts of the film have been filmed at the Lawrence Livermore National Lab. Two, two movies 
where some part of the filming was done at the Lawrence Livermore National Lab. First person on our direct message who gives us two movies, and obviously they have to be correct, will get a shout-out next week, <laughs> and we will give you the answers. Um, thanks for listening. We'll be back in a week or so, and just want to let you know, shine your light, make good choices. And as always, grab life by the horns. <laughs>